Welcome to Nano Sessions, a NanoLumens podcast where we chat with the experts on all things visualization. Welcome to Nano Sessions, a NanoLumens podcast. I'm your host, Sean Hayes. Now, I've spent some time in my career working in digital signage. I've installed my fair share of LCDs seen the growth of LEDs in the industry and I always thought well you know there's a very obvious reverse parallel between the two you want LCDs to get bigger and we want LEDs to get smaller that's not entirely true it's I oversimplified quite a bit which is something I have a tendency to do Um, someone who simplifies just the right amount and is able to break things down to right where they need to be is my guest on the podcast today it's Joey Lloyd she's the vice president of global marketing and business development for NanoLumen Joey how are you today I'm great Sean thanks so much for having me oh it's a pleasure I now of course my analogy is completely weird, not very accurate. Uh, physically, at some point, we'll get to the smallest pitch we can physically make. Just by the laws of science, we'll say you can't, there's no more space to take away. We're not there yet. At some point, we'll get there. Where we are, though, is a very exciting time for LED development. And I would like to start off today, if if I may, talking about basic value propositions of LEDs versus LCDs. Any way you want to lay that out is the perfect way to start. Excellent. Well, Sean, to get us kicked off, um, you know, at NanoLumens, we are known world over for large format LED installations and really um, the weird and the wow, we sometimes call them. Um, We're the company that people come to when they've got a paper napkin drawing, a really amazing idea, and they're looking to bring that to life. Um, so in terms of how we, we kicked off this, uh, this podcast and, you know, our LCD is going to get bigger and LED is going to get smaller. There's definitely something to be said for the fact that LED was initially an outdoor product. It was, um, very, um, large pixel pitch. So when we think about outdoor and we think about the billboards, we're talking about things that are 20 millimeter pixel pitch, and you have to be standing very far away to be able to, to make that visually appealing to the human eye. Where we've gotten to today is um, you can find out in the world, um, you know, at a very regular basis, 0.9 millimeter pixel pitch. When you think about LCDs um, and what you look at at home, your average TV is about a 0.7 millimeter pixel pitch. And we're, we're pretty close to that. And we're starting to see that um, come available in LEDs as well. Um, but the costs aren't quite there yet. So I think what you are talking about is yes, LCDs at the um, enterprise level have gotten bigger and the bezels have gotten smaller. But when you're talking about creating visualizations that are the size of football fields, and that's something that we specialize in, you know, those really large, huge ones, um, you just don't want to deal with those bezels. Um, And in terms of the longevity of those displays, um, LCDs, you know, they they do have a a lifetime, um, you know, and, and when they go bad and when they go bad, replacing one of those can cause problems in the overall look and feel of your display. So this survey jumps into really how does the industry look at the value proposition there? Because from an upfront perspective and a spend perspective, yes, your LED display is going to cost you more upfront. But what we're really diving into and looking at is the total cost of ownership and what does that investment look at over time? That durability is 
it's got to be the top one or two most important and most significant factors in that value proposition. It changes the entire calculation. Absolutely. When you think about um, serviceability, when you think about um, the hours that it's going to be on, when you think about um, really what happens when you do have to replace pieces and parts and, and, and how you're doing that, um, that absolutely is, is a big important factor in terms of making those decisions. And we don't want to say that LCDs don't have their place in the world. They absolutely do. Um, but LED provides a little bit of a different technology. Again, you get that bezel-free um, display. You have um, the ability to handle um, ambient light and brightness. So whether that's outdoor, indoor, um, a display that's facing a window, um, LED really provides you something else. And again, it does provide you that longevity. Um, you know, with a 100,000-hour diode, we're looking at something that, you know, could last you 10, 11 plus years, depending on how you're using it, and even, even farther than that. You mentioned a piece of technology having its place, as LCD does. It's nice to see LEDs start being considered for things that maybe they would not have been able to accomplish five years ago, but now make total sense. It's really nice to see LED, I want to say, see it grow up, but I don't know if that's the right terminology. Oh, I think that's actually really good terminology to see it grow up. Um, you know, there's a couple of factors there. One, the pixel pitch has come down to a place where we can get up and close and personal with it. Um, but also the costs have come down. And really, um, the, the technology itself has, has upgraded. Um, how easy is it to service? Um, you know, what are, the, what are the components going into it? Um, utilizing um, all the different ways that you can put um, technology onto it from the content to the audience analytics. Um, there's so much that it has going for it. You are definitely a person who goes all out when you commit to a task. And I want to talk about this survey that you just recently conducted. You didn't just go out and, you know, man on the street, talk to six people. This survey was massive. So I'd like to talk just a little bit without giving away the secret sauce. I'd like to talk a little bit about this survey. Can you talk to me about some of the methodology that you decided was critical in order to get true responses in this survey? Sure. Um, I think first and foremost is that we wanted it to be um, not about nanolumens. This was meant to be for the industry um, and really to inform buyers, um, integrators that are selling the product, um, as well as integrating and, and installing it. Um, we really wanted to be agnostic. And so that was first and foremost, that was the most important thing. So in the survey, you won't find questions about us versus our competitors. You won't find anything um, that has to do specifically with nanolumens. Um, and ultimately, you know, when we went about getting the survey respondents, um, I will say uh, as a marketer in total, I'm pretty proud of, of what we did. We were able to get um, over 450 respondents um, across the industry, the majority of those being in integrators. Um, um, followed very closely by direct buyers. We were also able to access the an architect community. And then we do have a little bit of the, you know, the folks that are just kind of around the industry, but perhaps maybe um, they haven't been directly involved in buying or selling, but they're using them or they're, um, you know, perhaps at the distribution level where they're just selling the product, but not intimately on either side of that. 
Um, but we, uh, we're, we're really proud of, of the, uh, the survey that we were able to complete. Um, and I will say we, we, we did beg, borrow, and steal a little bit there. So we did bribe. Um, and uh, we had uh, two great winners um, of some really fabulous Amazon gift cards. Um, but that's how we went about getting that survey completed. I'm a big fan of huge amounts of data. I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to gathering data and how you parse it and examine it and what kind of conclusions you can reach and math and science. I love all of those uh, aspects of surveys. But what I love the most is when you find something surprising. When you analyze the results of this huge survey, were there any surprises that really caught you off guard? I think the surprise for us... Um particularly um, before we get into sort of how does the industry grow and, and how do we see that happening. But the, the first surprise and probably the biggest one for me had to do with pricing. Um, we hear oftentimes that price is a um, difficult one to get past in terms of making that LED purchase. Um, you know, as I mentioned, your upfront costs traditionally are more expensive than um, an LCD video wall. And yet in our survey respondents, we found that they were pretty equal in terms of what they thought the costs were for adequate sized LCD wall versus an LED wall. And so to me, that was pretty surprising. I don't think that theoretical finance is a field that I would excel in. <laughs> you know, I, I, I won't talk about the balancing of my personal checkbook or anything else. <laughs> I just, you know, I think we're on, we're on the same team here. I can't, it's hard to convince somebody of something that could cost money. And it's even 10 times harder to convince them that it's not going to cost money in the future. That you just can't, guarantees are such slippery things to give. One of the things that I know you discovered during this survey is that there's a very weird discrepancy between experts' beliefs and actual reality. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Yeah. So what we came out of the survey with was an understanding that the experts are really looking for performance to take the industry forward and to take LED walls to the next level um, to really make them what I would say commonplace. And we're, we're starting to see that. We're seeing a lot of LED video walls and, and different use case scenarios. Um, but LCD is still the, the predominant technology. Um, and so while the experts were looking for performance, what they believed direct buyers were looking for was price. And so there's been an interesting thing that's happened across the board in the market. And um, we all know, you know, that a majority of our electronics and anything like that is, is coming out of China. Um, and so you can get a lot of interesting things at um, less expensive costs. And unfortunately, um, people have been burned by technology that maybe didn't live up to their standards, whether that's from a performance standpoint or whether that's from a reliability and your partnership standpoint. Um, think about buying something from overseas. You don't necessarily have somebody to talk to when you've got questions, when you do have a performance issue. And so the industry is maturing. We're seeing um, a lot of stateside companies. And what I believe is, is happening is that the integrators have learned from previous mistakes. The buyers have learned. And so we're starting to transition to, yes, I know I can get it cheaper. I know that I can get something out there. But what I'm really looking for is not only a reliable performing product, but I'm looking for a reliable and performing partner as well. 
I'm very fond of the saying that technology is helping make the world smaller, but as an installation engineer, we would add the additional subtext, yes, technology helps make the world smaller until you have to get a replacement part. <laughs> yes, that is a very true statement. And it's there's an interesting synergy between the experts prioritizing performance and wanting to expand the use of a technology and the customers prioritizing price, because if you... Think of the customers and lower your price a bit to lessen that pain point. By natural extension, more customers will utilize the technology, which will then help propagate it. It's a it's an interesting uh, synergy there, but it's not one that's really easy to achieve, is it? It's not easy to achieve, and I think that the industry is is coming to terms with that, and we have seen cost reductions year over year, and that's great. Um, and that is allowing the market to expand and more people to have the availability to take a look at it and, and make those purchases. But at some point, you can't cut to the quick, right? You can't take away so much performance because then you're really losing out on the benefits of the technology itself. Yeah, nobody wants to buy a car without a steering wheel. Not yet, anyways. No. Well, you know, we, we might get there, but... <laughs> I don't think my ego would ever allow that. I, I, I would, my lazy part of me would love that, but I don't think my ego would ever, I don't see that happening. Now, is there anything else that you have noticed that might surprise, but maybe not really surprise people about the industry? Oh, wow. Um, no, I, you know, I think we've covered those items, um, you know, as to the big surprises. Um, I, you know, anybody who's really an expert in both technologies is going to read the survey and go, yeah, that 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 pretty much made sense. Um, but I don't think that we've been as an industry particularly vocal in talking about it. And that's our hope is that as we continue to inform customers um, that we're going to be those folks and, and not just nanolumens, but but our partners as well in helping customers to make the right decision. Um, one of my favorite anecdotes and one of my favorite things to do at Nanolumens is to take someone um, on a tour of our showroom. And we we start off, um, Nanolumens um, has the patent on uh, curved displays. And so we start off our tour in a tunnel, literally an LED tunnel, um, which is super cool. And if you take somebody who's really uh, fairly unfamiliar with LED and you show them that, they're, they're pretty wowed by that experience. And um, in our in our showroom, we have a five millimeter pixel pitch curved tunnel display that you can stand inside. And that's amazing. Um, but what's even cooler than that is you tell them to look across the room about 20 feet and they see another display. And I say, OK, so here in this tunnel, you can see the pixels. It's really cool because, you know, you're standing in an LED tunnel. But, yep, we can see the dots. Look across at that display. And it just looks like you're watching TV at home. Right. And then you say, that's also a five millimeter pixel pitch display. And that's really eye opening for somebody who's new to the technology for them to understand that it's about the solution that you're trying to create. It's not necessarily just, I need the best of the best. And sometimes you do, but sometimes you really just need the right solution for you. And I think that's a really important anecdote to the industry to make sure that as we are selling across the industry to everyone that we become those trusted partners who are going to sell the right product, not just the most expensive one. And I think another factor that you add into your daily calculations is the phrase, it's just business. 
that just doesn't work as an approach anymore. It's not just business. This is a relationship, and you really take that seriously. Oh, we absolutely do. Um, we pride ourselves on really having uh, a white glove experience and some of the best relationships in the business and, and some of the best brands on our logo slide possible. And we, we do that not only because of the performance of the product, but truly because we're the folks who are going to be there with you and, and there to stand behind it. Um, and that's really important to us um, to make sure that, that we are partners and, and that our buyers um, and the folks that we work with have that kind of experience across the board. Do you think marketing is the most personal of all of the business silos? I think that's an interesting way to think about it. Um, I would say that marketing has really come to a place where it probably has to be the most authentic. Personal, I think, is, is a hard way to think about it, particularly when you think about the top of the funnel and getting people into, you know, really taking a look at something. Um, and personalization can be hard. It's a lot of data, though, to look at. Um, but I think the, the better word, honestly, is authenticity and really understanding what the challenges are of the people who may be interested in your product. Um, so it's not just, hey, I've got this cool thing, you should look at it. It's really understanding why you should look at it and why this should be important to you and how we can solve your day-to-day -day challenges. Maybe you have a CEO who says, our employees just don't know what we're doing on a day-to-day -day basis and I need a way to inform them. Well, you know, that's not just sending out another internal email. That's not just, you know, having an, another communication. That's, you know, thinking about, well, where do people congregate? What do they like to look at? What is the way that people really like to um, access their content? And if you think about it, video is the biggest way that people are communicating today and, and taking in information. So why would you not have video and really cool imagery in your corporate headquarters? And that's just one use case, but it's really understanding that before you start the outreach. Well, you did put an awful lot of time and thought into this survey. And you mentioned that there are going to be people in the industry who will look at the survey and go, oh yeah, that makes sense. Well, here is hoping that not only do people realize the sense that the survey makes, but hopefully they will start to use some of that sense. And I, I'm pretty optimistic about that. I really think you've put together something pretty special here, Joey. Well, thank you. I really do appreciate that. Today, my guest on the podcast has been Joey Lloyd, the Vice President of Global Marketing and Business Development at NanoLumens. Joey, thank you so much for taking the time today. I would love to have another conversation with you whenever you have time. Sean, thank you so much. I appreciate it.